What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Coffee Club Podcast, episode 76. And we have a very special guest today, I believe. I don't even know. Has anyone else been on the show twice? Maybe Alicia, but this is the third time appearance for Joe Klecker. Welcome back to the show. How are you doing today, bro? Doing pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Didn't have to do a long run in this cold weather, so. Yeah, it was pretty I, shit this morning. <laughs> it was so shit, bro. Yeah. Dude, me and, me and Yara were just like, we had 16 this morning, and uh, Joe, I was like asking Joe, because Joe's usually the guy who does like an extra two miles in every run. He sets and the standard. He I got to duck out at five today. He so. ducked out at five, and then Jordy ducked out at 10, and then Yara and I had six miles left to go and Yara just goes this sucks bro <laughs> it's like cold <laughs> we're like running into the wind uphill it's tough yeah. but we got through it so yeah well i don't think we're gonna waste any time today because we're coming off the back of the 10 sound runnings the 10 presented by on oh do you have a brief some coffee being shout out these are some special ones george you want to go first and then ollie yeah i'll take it away on brown bag quick water coffee roasters there's actually i don't know how we're keeping it up with the uh, Shouting out tiny towns from the Midwest lately. <laughs> We've gone Amory, Wisconsin last week. Sad demographic, this week, bro. Interesting. From Jason, uh, amazing Cairo, who everyone knows by now. Um, but via Ritz's hometown, actually, yeah. Rockford, Michigan. Rockford, Michigan. So that's kind of crazy. And Jason says that now they finally have a decent coffee shop. Apparently they didn't. Is that also the home of Grant Fisher? No, Grant's Grand Rapids. Oh, Is I he? think, yeah. Oh, like Devin Booker. Close enough. Yeah. And <laughs> Floyd Mayweather. Oh, and Donovan, right? And Donovan. It's no, like a weird, isn't he from somewhere out there? I think he's from around there. They're like okay. that region has had like some of the best athletes. Like yeah, they've in, had some amazing runners. Yeah. Holy cow! Doesn't for Michigan, like yeah. it's pretty nuts. I've been there. It's not that cool. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing else to do other than train hard no, or, or make coffee. That's yeah. why there's so many coffee shops there because something else to do. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Jason, for bringing those ones. And then Ollie, this is a very special one as well. Yeah, this is a special one. So after the uh, the ten on running presents, sound running ten. Um, <laughs> Uh, these two lovely ladies came up and gave uh, Morgan, George, and I a bag of beans and a note. Um, Courtney and Lainley, thank you very much for the beans. They're from Laguna, California. Um, they're saying it's on the sweet side. They lost the note that was explaining the, uh, the bag of beans, but we're excited to try them and see how they are. But thank you, Courtney and Lainey. Um, I think Courtney coaches XC and track and have some young kids that are fans of ours, so that's pretty cool. Uh, they came out to the meet to watch and support, so thank you very much for coming over and saying hello and giving us this lovely bag of beans that we can uh, now indulge into. Hell yeah. Thank you very much for that. We appreciate it a lot. And the, the note that came with it was very kind, so thank very you for kind. that. Very kind. And so, yeah, the, the 10 just went down, and it was a big hyped-up meet for us. I think for Joe, it capped off a massive winter of racing. Very successful, so we'll get into all that. But yeah, the meet was, it was, I'm not gonna, we're not gonna spend another episode just making fun of sound running because they, to be fair, like they do overall do a great job. They do like hype it up a lot and all that. So they kind of send themselves up for a bit of, uh, what's the word, critique when it doesn't quite hit the, you know, cause I think to me, and there was so much great stuff about it but for example there's there wasn't wave there wasn't wave lights and stuff so there's like it's a bit of that but overall an amazing meet and an amazing performance by you uh and Jonas as well from our team was racing on the men's side and then Alicia we'll get into all of that but yeah coming off it I know your body's a little bit sore now but just like your kind of takeaways after like how you feeling with the performance yeah I mean I think like you said I mean they were like expecting pace lights I mean it was a we were really hoping to have like this just surreal night of racing like Grant and the other Bowerman guys had a year ago. Um, 
kind of hard to follow up that performance from a year ago. But um, yeah, when we got there, it was like things just kind of started to deteriorate a little bit. Like Jesse was like, hey, the pace lights like haven't come in the mail yet. And we're like, okay, no, no, no issue. Like we got, we got good pacers, so we'll be fine. And then some of the key players who I thought would be up there kind of pulled out of the race, like Sam Atkin, Luis was having a bit of an off day. And so it kind of just turned into me and Woody going after it. Like me and Woody spoke that morning and we just said, hey, like I heard the pacers are going 1335. Um, I don't think that's fast enough. Like, would you want to do 1325? And Woody's like, yeah, that's great. 20, sub 27 or bust. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And uh, well, the, a preface to that as well is that I think two weeks ago, Woody was already messaging you that he's like, oh, oh let's, yeah, let's yeah. Run two weeks earlier, he said, Joe, do you have pacers for the American record? And I said, Woody, like 26.59, 26.39, I'm equally as happy. Like, I just kind of wanted my whole goal this indoor season was to get my standards out of the way and be ready to go into outdoor like last year, trying to win a U.S. title and trying to do better on my ninth place finish at World. So I was like, I don't, if you want to go for the American record, like, go do that. But uh, I'm fine just trying to hit 26.59. Um, so that was, but yeah, then we got there and, uh, the pacing situation was a bit dodgy. Um, I think I had a lot of faith in Ollie. I run behind Ollie like every workout. And so I think me and Ollie could have gotten it done. It was very nice of Puma Elite to offer up their, two of their athletes to pace, which was, you know, I think Alistar was super, uh, nice, but, uh, bef- 10 minutes before the race, Alistar comes over to Dathan and he goes, so what's the plan for pacing? I was like oh shit this is not maybe the time to discuss the plan for pacing like 10 minutes before the race i'm just putting on my spikes and dathan's like said something along the lines of like hey like i got a lot of faith in ollie to get to you know six seven k um we just need your athletes if they can go three four k that'd be great and i don't know if he felt a bit offended but he replied and said well my guys can go 8k yeah and i was like uh I don't even know if I can go 8K <laughs> pace, but uh, I guess his athletes can pace it. And yeah, then we, it's a bit hard because I know Ollie felt ready to rip 13, 25. And when you have three guys in front of you going too slow, it's a bit hard to get them to pick up. So the pacing was a bit off, but at the end of the day, we came through, you know, we had, we saw the pacers there that took a lot of the pushing the lead and the wind out of, uh, took that load off. So it's still good to have them there. Yeah, that's probably where the wave lights would have made all the difference. Totally. I mean, I don't doubt that those athletes are capable of doing it, but when you're getting a split every 400 and the split, you know, say you're hearing 65.8 and you need to be 65.2, how do you pick it up 0.6 seconds? It's very hard. So I think the wave lights really would have helped just get the, the pacing on from the start. Yeah. And Being able to do it and, and actually doing it well is two very different things. Yeah, Especially... When the pacer gets stuck in the middle of the pack, and gets, I, I gets out in fifteenth place. Yeah, why would he? Okay, here's the thing. Yeah, when why, you, okay, Eric Sawinski, when you see him lining up to pace, he's on the outside, yeah, yeah, so he can get to the front. That's a no-brainer. I'm and lining I, up and I, I get out and I just hear all like, oh shit, like the first hundred meters. Because <laughs> like I was like boxed in, like I, I didn't expect when I got my number because like it had nine. Initially, Dathan gave me a number that's I nine. Had nine, and I'm like, oh, he's like, oh wait, that's Joe's, and then he gave me four, and I'm like, why the fuck am that's I? That's even four? worse. And then <clears throat> I get on the line, and there's uh, the two Puma athletes, uh, Kyoko and myself, and we're on the inside, and I'm looking out, and all these guys are wanting to get out and get on the, the rabbit, right? But it's just not going to work because everyone's going to get like, you know, kind of crowded. Um, 
And I got, so I, the first hundred meters, I got boxed in. I'm waiting for a gap and there's no gap and no one's letting me out. And I'm like, dude, do you want me to pace or not? Like somebody <laughs> yeah. let me out. <laughs> I'm I'm step off right you, you should have just stepped off right there. I, I was pissed. I thought you were going to like dip into the turf. I was like, so pissed. Yeah. Look it through the grass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was pissed. Point. And then eventually somebody let me out. I was able to get around the outside and um, I just sprinted straight in the back straight and then got back in, in line. Um, but this is the thing that I had the issue with that I think... I think we talked about a little bit. I mean, it's also lovely to have four paces, but I think we should have just had two. I think four just made it complicated and it strung it out a bit Especially too much. four from a different team. Yeah, like, and there's no coordination. Like, I mean, I thought, the, co- the coordination was happening 10 minutes before yeah. the meet. You know? I didn't even know there was going to be three more paces. I thought I could have maybe potentially been leading the whole thing up to six to seven K. Um, Kyoko, to his credit, actually did a really good job getting to 5K considering this the back and forth with pacing but yeah the lack of coordination in the 10k when you're supposed to be hitting consistent times it's just going to drain everyone else out yeah um so that was extremely tough and i think the point is with the with the wave lights they don't really matter well they do matter in like a 1500 3k i shouldn't say they don't matter but like in a 10k they're really really beneficial particularly if you want to hit that pace and the standard for the men's um the olympic standard for the men's 10k is ridiculous compared to any other standard um, on the track right now so yeah, hitting that you want to have the, the most advantageous uh, setup possible and that was tough but I think everyone you just handle it the way you handle it and um, yeah that was that was quite interesting I thought getting boxed in at the start <laughs> usually I'm the one that's out that's what I was thinking <laughs> and, yeah um, I mean sound running cross country yeah. I couldn't have <laughs> if I wanted to you were like a cannon yeah I, I like I'm usually off the line out like in a good position and in the 10k because I'm thinking it's the 10k and I'm a pace I'm like people are going to let me get to the front that was not the case but they that was a really, really big mistake announce you were pa- like normally no. they say okay here's a pacer they're going 1330 like I didn't even really know like well, wh- all who was pacing like, Woody and Sam Atkin looked at me and said who's pacing and I'm like we're pacing us for and then everyone looked over and like they just didn't know they didn't and then they didn't announce the pace yeah. that they were going to go normally like it was getting rushed a little bit they'll say you know eric swinski is going to go through in 152 yeah. and then that's what jesse should have done is that if we had coordination between the four paces it might have been better because i didn't even speak to kyoko i didn't speak to the two excuse me the two puma well, there was a lot of miscommunication in the sense of I didn't some know people thought it was 13 the the pace was wanted was 1335 and then Woody and I wanted 1325. 25, yeah. And so maybe the Puma Elite guys didn't even know that they were supposed to be going faster because they came through in 36, which is, you know. But dude, I think maybe what was supposed to happen was maybe the two Puma Pacers were supposed to go for the second group for 1335 and the me and Kyoko were supposed to go 1325. Maybe the communication just wasn't yeah. there for that. Because maybe that's why, maybe Alistair thought, oh, they can do 8K at 1335 pace. Yeah. Maybe that was his assumption not the change plan of 1325 with me and Kyoko was supposed to go. Mm-hmm. So the communication there was off and you expect that uh, the biggest 10K in the world, almost yeah. one of the biggest, biggest 10Ks in the world, they would have that yeah. down pat. But I mean, you can't, like sound running are the only people that are turning up, putting in these events on, trying to create engagement in track and field and like give these athletes opportunities. So we can't obviously give them too much shit for that, but yeah, it well, just, there was a lot of um, logistics that weren't. I mean, I spoke to Woody a bit about this point after the race without Jesse and sound running. There's a chance the U.S. wouldn't even send three athletes in the yeah. tank. I mean, Grant ran at Sound Running. Me and Woody ran at Sound Running. Like, yeah. where else do you go on a tank standard? So the fact that they're you know at least trying and they're doing overall a very good job. Obviously, yeah. you always have your critiques with meets, and I think Jesse's actively working on. You know, like he 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 intended to have pace lights, and apparently they just didn't show up in time, and like some stuff is out of their control, but. Um, Without the sound running 10K, we might not even send a team of three athletes to Worlds. You wouldn't have the American record in Grant. And you wouldn't have the American record in Alicia without yeah. sound running. So you've got to give them that credit. It's just hopefully these things will get polished and through the pipeline. 
they'll uh, develop and, and they'll be great meets. So, but I mean, to have them on anyway is, a, is, is awesome. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was, uh, I didn't feel like Eric Swinsky uh, during the thing. I thought, thought I would, but I didn't. Yeah, how did it feel going through? It's, you ended up going through, what was it, 1336? I think it was like 36, 36 37. Yeah. yeah, I think Kyoko and I went through in about 36, 37. Honestly, it, did, it felt relatively, it's like a different kind of feeling, a 10K. Um, I've, I don't, I've run like, one 5k outdoors and it was absolute dog shit and then i've run boston which doesn't count um <laughs> so like running a 10k obviously at a quicker like a quick pace i just didn't know how it would feel compared to like what i'm used to running uh, middle distance wise i would say one thing about the 10k is you get very locked into a pace and you think oh going from 65 point down to 64 point shouldn't be that hard but yeah. to make that pace change is like difficult difficult yeah. i mean like when we went through in 36 you think, okay, now we got to close in 13.24 to break 27 minutes. Fitness-wise, I don't think that's An something issue. me and Woody couldn't have done. Yeah. But like when you look at the splits of it, that's a definitive pace change that you have to make. and To actively start running 64. Yeah, and even Ollie, I could tell like because of the uh, pacing the first bit, like he never really got settled into knowing what, like, okay, this is 65.0, I'm going to definitively pick it up. Yeah. And every lap, Ritz is just like, we got to crank it up a little bit. we got to crank it up. That's the worst thing when you're leading a race or whatever, and you're at the front, and you feel like you're running, yeah, really hard, and then every lap you're getting told you have to go quicker. Because I imagine that's exactly... So, Ollie dropped off at 6 or 7, was it? 6400. I'm actually, I'm trying to find the splits right now, that's why I'm on my phone. Yeah. Um, 6400, and then... I bet for you and Woody from that point, because you still have 27 minutes in your head and you have like 27 minutes in your head as like big goal and then 27.10 is like secondary goal. Yep. Either way, you're knowing like, all right, like the whole time I got to be on it. Yeah. From yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you can't let off the gas because you let off the gas for a few laps and all of a sudden that time is out the window. Yeah. And by that point, it was down to, I think, a pack of four with Woody, yourself, Connor Mance was still there. And then I'm not sure what the Japanese after. Yeah. See, I had no clue who was up there. I mean, I was when it was just me and Woody, I had no clue. Like I thought maybe Luis was back there. I thought, you know, uh, Ben Flanagan could have been up there. Like I figured there would, I thought through 8K, especially going through in 1337, I expected to be there a big pack. Yeah. And it was, so it was not like that. Yeah. I was definitely shocked when I heard like, yeah, it was just you and Woody by yeah. like a certain, you know, with it, a good amount of racing left. It was very, it got very spread out. Cause I was shocked even looking at, so Jonas ended up finishing he ran fifth, I think. Fifth, and he was 23? 20, 26. 26. He was 26. Kyoko but, was 23. But even, even at 5K, he was really far behind you guys. Really? Like, so there was just like so many kind of different races I, going on. I think part of it too could have been they expected us to go out in 13.25, and people were like, okay, I need to be a little bit, I need to be off that. Yeah. And if they would have known, like, no, they're going to be 37 or 36, like, they would have been on it. Yeah. So, again, I think the pace lights would have just helped with the knowing where you're at yeah but uh, either way would say let's say 2k to go like you know at that point in the race it's just like let's fucking go for it like i'm trying to run as quick as i can and then you know woody's right behind you as well so it's like at that point i mean are you thinking are you how much are you actually caring about winning that race or are you thinking about like i just need to run as quick as i can or are you kind of thinking like they go hand in hand yeah going into it i mean me and Woody talked, we were, you know, we were discussing the pacing. Um, we knew sub 27 was the goal. Like he was like, yeah, sub 27 or bust, let's go get it done. And basically at about 7,500 meters or whenever I kind of waved him past me, I was just kind of letting him know that like, I don't know how much longer I can stay on the gas here. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't know how much he was hurting, but I was like, look, if, if we're going to do this, I, I need a little help to keep this moving. 
And um, I talked to him after the race and he's like, look, man, when you waved me past, like I was doing everything I could just to hang on. And I was like, you know, so I had no hard feelings for him not taking the lead. Like at the end of the day, you got to go get it done. And so um, I'm happy that we both hit the standard and our goal, neither of our goals is to be the, you know, sound running 10K champion. Like we want to go do well at the Worlds. We want to win U.S. titles. Um, But yeah, so we just wanted, like that was kind of how I was feeling. Like when he didn't take the lead, I was like, all right, like I'm just gonna have to push this and see if we can, you know, still break 27.10. I kind of knew with 2K to go, I was like, we're really gonna have to close hard and I'm gonna need help to break 27. I'm not gonna be able to push this myself. Um, but yeah, I mean, after the race, when we talked, it was just like, he told me he was just doing everything he could not to fall off. And so what do you expect him to go to the front and then he would be running 67s or something? It's like, no, I might as like, basically it was just like kind of a, we need to get this done. Like, I'm just letting him know, like, that's, you can't really talk during a race. So it's like just Mm -hmm. communicating the way I can, like, basically, yeah, you're going to have to take this if. Cause I don't know if I can keep this going. Yeah. And he, I mean, he did end up taking the lead at 900 to go. So it's not like he sat on you. Until no, no. And like, again, yeah. like I don't think either of us really cared about being the sound running 10 K champ. Um, and so I was not really upset about the leading. It's just after the race, I talked to him a bit and I was like, look, I was a bit, a bit annoyed that you clipped me a few times. Like if you look at Eilish and Alicia, Eilish ran behind Alicia the whole race. Not Alicia wasn't mad about that, but yeah. Eilish never clipped Alicia. Yeah. It's like, I'm fine doing the work, but at the end of the day, it's if this is the world championships, you expect to get clipped. Yeah. If this is a time trial 10K, you really don't want someone clipped. I mean, I, I had to step on the inside of the rail. Yeah. Like I went, almost went to the ground with 900 to go. And it was a pretty bad, it was a pretty bad clip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I was definitely irritated, but um, I had to compose myself and I was like, look, world athletics doesn't care if I fall and don't finish. Like <laughs> this is my chance to run 20 yeah, under yeah, the world standard. Good. And so I just kind of had to gather myself and uh, finish it out and run under 27. But yeah, I mean, me and Woody talked after and it was just like, we were just kind of like, well, we just did everything we could and we didn't do it. I mean, it just shows sub 27 is an extremely hard standard. It makes, mm. makes you really appreciate what Selinski did back in the day. For real. It, yeah. was, it was funny looking at it from the outside because like hearing now that, yeah, there's going to be no hard feelings when you guys are just both honestly with each other. It's like, we both went out there and we raced the best we could on the day. Yeah. But when I saw your tweet, I was like, fuck, man. Is there, like, some beef going on? Like, what, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. Here? No, no. I mean, like, after the race, when, like, I couldn't really cool down. Like, I was with you. I was trying to jog. And my, my calf was pretty pretty messed. And I was, like... It was jacked up. I was, like, just thinking in my head. I'm like, what if, you know, I strained my calf. I'm injured. Like, because when I went kind of went down, I started to feel my calf, like, seize up. And for that 100 meters, I was very tense running. And I was like... I don't know if I can keep going. And luckily, I just kind of relaxed and it was able to relieve itself. But yeah, no, I mean, Woody came up to me and I just congratulated him on the race. And I was like, look, I'm a bit agitated right now. I don't want to say too much. I don't want to say anything I regret. Like, let's just talk tomorrow. Um, But we spoke, uh, you know, the day after the race and we're just like, look, we both gave it our, our best effort. We both were going as hard as we could for, you know, 27 minutes and it just didn't happen, you know, like that's that and um he apologized for for clipping me a few times um and he was basically just like look man i was just doing everything i could to to hang on on the back of you and i get it like when you're kind of delirious like that you're sometimes you clip someone but um yeah so there's no hard feelings i think that both of our goals are bigger than the sound running 10k and luckily we got that world standard so hopefully we can go to worlds and and represent us well Mm -hmm. i'd be really happy if that was beef though 
<laughs> I mean, like, no, there's a rivalry. I would say there's rivalry. a rivalry, which like, is good because know. if he is, I mean, there is still questions surrounding um, Michael Michael Smith as his coach. Okay, there is questions. If we could get a rivalry between Dason Ritzenhain and Michael Smith, the <laughs> Michael Smith collective and too, the OEC collective, when we could I waved Woody here. to go around me, Mike Smith told him every lap, he's saying, "Woody, you're gonna have to go around him if we want to get under 27. You're gonna have to get to the front." And so. I'm hearing that, and I'm like, yeah. okay, Woody. Like the wave was more of like, this is your time. Like go around me. Like I, I'm gonna need a little help now. But Woody was confused because he's used to uh, Michael Smith saying go to sleep, so he was trying <laughs> to go to sleep. Yeah. He's clipping Joe, and then Mike Smith's like, no, don't go to sleep. Like go and help uh, Joe with the yeah. lead. I think the one reason time. a 10k can be different than like a 15 is like I'm hearing Mike Smith and Dathan every lap giving you these instructions, That's, yeah. and so people who are like watching it think like, oh, like he's you know trying to wave Woody to the front. He doesn't go to the front. Whatever. Like he's pissed. It's like. No, like, I'm hearing his coach tell him to go to the front every lap. I'm hearing Dathan say, we need to pick it up. And it's like... And you're doing everything you can. And I'm doing everything I can. I'm like, I mean, like, we're going we're gonna to have to exchange these leads a little bit if we're going <laughs> to get this back going. Because obviously our same goal was sub-27 yeah. or bust, as, yeah, yeah. as what he said. So, um, Did you guys see what you needed to run the last lap in? When you came by, I was just—I felt you came right at like twenty sixteen. It right, was like right at 20, it was like yeah, you need yeah. like fifty nine point nine. It was probably because I think I closed at fifty six yeah. and he was fifty five. So yeah, it was probably like twenty seven point yeah, but or twenty seven ten. Um, at that point, I was like, let's just get the world standard. And I don't know how the world ranking works, but I think I'm ranked like eighth in the world now. And if that doesn't get me to Paris, then Should shit, you know, <laughs> I'll just do the five k, I guess. <laughs> no, I mean at the end of the day, yeah, it's cool to once again have another amazing 10k on u.s soil that's you know the whole race is kind of set up here and it's run by all these u.s based athletes just the fact that year after year now it seems like that's going to be doable Mm -hmm. i think is good and something that people can rely on because people used to always rely on the stanford peyton jordan 10k and covid that one shut down and now this one has popped up and it's just good. It's just really good to have a race like that on the calendar that you can rely on year to year to go. Like a 10K, being able to do that closer to home, I think, is like really nice. Doing it this time of year, super nice as mm-hmm. well because, as you, I think you said, the weather was like really oh, nice. Oh, the weather was just unbelievably perfect. The racing and coming off the winter. I've always found it weird how, like in college, in the indoor season, you just drop down and race all these like 1,500 miles, sorry, and like like shorter stuff it does from just a common sense standpoint make more sense to do, still do longer stuff in the winter if you mm-hmm. can and then you get shorter as you go on so in terms of the timing of the year it's perfect for that as well so yeah and knowing too like next year if they have the pace lights and stuff you know we didn't need 27 minutes this year we can go back there next year and try and hit it so hopefully i'll be there for that keeps one. you hungry yeah yeah <laughs> they did call you out in the announcing thing what they say well they said you were still gone. into it yeah oh, was i well, funny story about this. Yeah. I, I still was on the, on the flight. Yeah. I was still on the flight until Joe texted me two days before. Hey, bro, uh, I'm not sure if you canceled your flight because you're on the upgrade list. I was like, yeah, I definitely didn't. And then I also hadn't canceled my flight back to Australia. You know? oh, shit. So I was like, all right, I'll take care of these right now because I definitely would have just forgot. Yeah, not gotten your United credit. So I appreciate the reminder, but... Yeah. If you got the upgrade, would you have just got on the flight anyway? I would have <laughs> take to. It. I mean, you got to take that. I mean, United First Class is just something to something yeah. to be had. <laughs> it's worth it, just the experience. Yeah. I don't even care about the destination. It's just the journey, you know? The journey, The, the yeah. journey gets heightened. So, yeah, that was... Uh, it was just another sick race and uh, capped off what has been an extremely <clears throat> successful winter for you. Uh, I'm not, was there any other takeaways from the men's race there? Yeah, I would just say that 
I think me and Woody are in good shape and we're both in a very good spot heading into outdoor. I mean, obviously Woody had an amazing indoor a year ago. I was injured or just come back from injury at this point. So I think as much as people want to build up the sound rank 10 K is the Olympics. It's not. And I think that both of us have bigger goals the rest of the year and we're well on our way to achieving those. Yeah. And it was a great debut for Jonas, our teammate who was on the show last week. I think, did, did you give him any 10K advice or anything before? Because it is different. Yeah. No, I just kind of said it's going to be hard at like 5K and you just really got to stay on it. And usually you can muster something up the last 1 to 2K. And a lot of it is like running on adrenaline. Like if you see the clock and you're like, oh, I'm on pace, like you can kind of keep going. Uh, the worst is when you're just falling off pace and you're feeling like shit. But <laughs> yeah. no, yeah, Jonas ran, I mean, 27, 26 debut. I don't know. I mean, good. that's really <laughs> impressive. Um, and he was very happy with it. I think just the way he raced and again, like his indoor season, it's just, he's has a very good momentum mm-hmm. heading into what he wants to do outdoor. Yeah. So that was amazing for him. And yeah, some great races there. It's always so, fun to have on a trip, Jonas. Jonas? It's so much fun in Cali. Yeah. <laughs> he's just always fun. He's always making I, comments. I will say, I think one of the slept on performances was Connor Mance. Like yeah. he told me this was his, um, I don't know, Rust Buster race yeah. before the, he's doing Boston Marathon. So it's like his, tune-up race some speed and, work yeah normally you see people doing a tune-up race like a half marathon and he goes and runs 27 25 like pretty good how many guys on the starting line of boston marathon could run at 27 25 that's pretty good mm. like, he's tough too good. he's a tough yeah so i think race. he's he's gonna have a great boston marathon also just again the way he races well yeah he, he, he goes, was going for he's going for it. yeah i mean i don't think his goal was 27 25 i think he thought he could break 27 no i saw his instagram post after and that's that's exactly what he yeah said, I think. and and i don't doubt that he you know is capable of doing that so He's yeah. in a really good spot. Once once you're running that quick for the 10K, you would probably say that you have to get in a good amount of specific 10K track work to be able to really get down. Yeah. Like more of that VO2 max stuff, which I can't say exactly how he's training, but if you're training for the marathon, you're probably going to be doing slightly different Yeah, I'm stuff. sure he wasn't gearing it towards this race. This was just kind of on the journey towards Boston. So to be able to do that is really impressive. Yeah. And then, so after your race was the women's race, again, a similar setup where we had... Josette pacing for Alicia and this one also very hyped up with a big goal in mind which was hitting the for Alicia the American record and I think even kind of around that 30 minute mark Mm -hmm. that was like the that was the stretch goal and then the American record was what was it before around 13 14 or I know Elise almost got it a year ago within like a second I think she went 13 30 14 and then might be 30 13 13. yeah I think it was Molly Huddle's record is that Molly Huddle's record 13 30 13 I think that's right 30 13 yeah so that was Alicia's goal and she had great pacing Josette and this one was they were pretty they definitely just it was Josette Alicia and then Eilish McCuglin was there as well and they separated themselves and just running away with it and then I think Josette did she make it to 5k 5k they ran, I think they ran, they were, they were off pace though. I think yeah, they were like, 1508, I, I mean, that pa- was the pace. pace would have been 1506, like that's yeah. pretty. Oh, so they were, so they were pretty much on the, the pace. Were they trying to run 15 minutes? Were they not trying to run 15 minutes? Um, that I think they know. were. I mean, I guess, I, mean, I guess they're on pace with American record. I don't know what they yeah. were requesting. Maybe there was some miscommunication. Yeah. Who, who knows? <laughs> but, um, it was 1508 I, I thought someone said that they were, they were slowing up a little bit on it. And then obviously watching Alicia just say, hold my beer and yeah. grind Gross. it down with Alicia just sitting on there and enjoying the ride. 
for 9,600 meters. But I and then just also booked a marathon it. build too for London. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a London yeah. build up for her. Crazy, and man. That, uh, particularly that UK record is not an easy record to get. So to get that for her. Dude, that's crazy. After 30 minutes, it comes down to like a two tenths of a second. Two tenths yeah, of a second. Got it, was, it was that close. Three seconds. Eilish. Eilish. No, Eilish. Oh, she got the record. I think she got the record. Oh, I don't know. Because she was a three seconds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But no, she got the British record by like 0.2 seconds. Wow, that's crazy. I think that was Paula Radcliffe's record. Yeah. It's impressive. Absolutely. Alicia was giving throwbacks to... uh, uh, 2020 US trials where she said she was just trying to keep herself on the track the last lap because she, she had really grinded down yeah got to that dark place that she's so familiar with and uh, came away with a 10 second gap on that record 30.03 right yeah I don't yeah. see that getting broken that's that's <laughs> 37 <laughs> seconds faster than the Olympic and world standard 37 seconds faster yeah. dude that, that's just crazy well, is the Olymp- well you know the Olympic standard might be faster no, it's the same for women 30.40 so like she's nice. yeah <laughs> she's run that and uh i mean yeah i mean dathan i've never seen dathan was like a guy in a kid in a toy store he was so excited probably know? disappointed i thought he said she'd go 29 flat <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's like oh my god she didn't run it um that's good for a bad day yeah, yeah that's, that's good, good, for, good for a bad good day. good for a bad day um but no it was great to see you know like i think alicia and joe are two of our like workhorses they work so hard and to see them get good like good results in like obviously you want to go on the olympic standard under 27 but still getting the world standard is uh, feeding itself and then alicia running an american record um very excited for her too it's a pretty crazy race to watch yeah um, she definitely deserved it like we we talk about joe and alicia i mean all of us train hard but we talk about week in week out the i don't train hard the training that these guys are doing for the 10k like it's just putting in all the work and it's just con- so much consistency as well and it's amazing to witness but still there's there's one thing putting in the training there's one thing go do in the race and mm. uh, like you do feel like you deserve it i guess after you put in that work but you mm-hmm. don't really deserve anything in this spot until you go get it so to see it unfold and play out like that it's like it does make you feel pretty good yeah so awesome for you awesome for her uh, i think i mean she's got to be pretty happy with that I, I don't know she she was she was classical alicia after the race she was just like walking around like this like <laughs> just didn't really like have it's just yeah like the emotions were obviously there she was like happy but she was like kind of just chill about she was it just chilling. No, yeah. that's literally i saw on twitter um a video of cam levens after he ran 205 and it's him walking up to his wife and, he's, and he just goes that was okay not bad not bad <laughs> yeah. it was like it was the most casual thing ever i was like yeah, yeah these people are just built different man yeah. that's what i love about yarrod in these madrid race when he just went like this <laughs> it's like, he, yeah. yarrod, that was his time to flex yeah, yeah. the guns <laughs> like made the most out of it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but um no it was awesome to see him be a part of i mean like um and all 200 fans there were able to take part in yeah what's what's the deal with that I, I don't know if it'll make it onto the show but pre-show we were talking about there was apparently only 200 people there yeah it felt like quite a few and then i saw someone i don't know if they were working in the ticket office or with the meet and they said like the attendance was 200 and it certainly felt like more than that mm. but if it was only 200 that's pretty sad when someone's like setting an american <laughs> record for 10k and probably a u.s soil record i don't know maybe they've run faster before but like one of the best 10k races ever you think surprised me a lot though because i feel we we've talked before about how california the la meets often get yeah i mean a year ago when Jakob came for that 5k field pretty high there was there was a couple thousand there i mean like if you look at um to gold labels you have to have a certain amount of fans i think yeah i'm sure i don't know if silver Um, you do or not but i'm not sure with silver but 
it it did feel i think the way obviously it's a high school track so they're not going to have a stadium to fit two to four thousand people mm-hmm. but you would expect there to just be a line of just all these people and they got the the, the stream so accessible online i wonder yeah. if that almost is like people who live like 45 minutes away if they're like well you can just watch it maybe i'll just watch it i don't know if, uh lex lex young was racing so was it lex or leo <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, leo, 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 yeah leo young was racing so i would have expected he's a, super, everyone to he's be a yeah. superhero in a that local, part of town. local legend what sparks was he wearing he had on spikes on. <laughs> yeah, he did, didn't he? Leo Young to on, confirmed? Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps. Lucky, lucky little bugger. <laughs> lucky little bugger because, God, the amount of stress we went through getting spikes in and then any high schooler can wear it now. Yeah. But, no, nah, I'm kidding. No, I'm joking. Him. Get his NIL. Just, just having a joke. He's getting his NIL. Yeah. yeah. It's, coming, it's coming red hot. I mean, he did run... He ran freaking 340. I don't know if you guys saw Dude, that. His kick was wild too. Like he was kicking down for the win with a 200 to go. He was pretty far back. So it was an impressive race. I thought sure. when they posted that, I thought he did win. He had like, a, you couldn't see Casey in the photo. Yeah. He had a funny interaction though because uh, he comes over to Dathan holding the spikes and he goes, man, these spikes are great. And Dathan goes, yeah, I know. He's <laughs> <laughs> trying to play it cool. He's yeah. like, yeah, of course I know. Look, little, look, at, my, little, look at my guys. Little, I pretty much design those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> little does he know that in like two years from now, Dathan's going to come up to him and be like sucking up to him trying to join the team yeah. <laughs> the tables are going to turn yeah but, yeah it's like Dayton's like I've been running 60 second quarters of muscle memory in these spikes <laughs> um, but yeah like I mean yeah you'd expect it to have a bit a bit more hype because like for example we talk about access right so Eugene I always go off about how Eugene's terrible access but I feel like where we are in Cali it's pretty easy to get there it's and like it's five airports yeah and it's pretty easy to like Go there and like enjoy being in Cali. Also, like it's a a large population, so more percentage of people can come in. Um, It'd just be interesting to see like the logistics of like the streaming versus. Well, I think it'd be more interesting at the next sound running meet that is a full track meet. Is is that the Mount Bullsack meet? Is it? I think so. It's Mount Bullsack. I have decided to call it. Yeah, is that what? Was that that the final name that they voted on? (laughs) Yeah, on running presents. Uh, head holes, mouth ball sack me. <laughs> yeah. No, but that would be interesting because I think they're billing this one as like the big trying one. to make more a big a festival. Meet. Yeah, more of a festival. Yeah. yeah. I heard Nick Simmons will be there. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's why I'm Huge. going. I heard, <laughs> I heard it's going to be lit. That's, that's yeah. the word. I, 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 a lit crazy movie is what I heard. <laughs> is that what they use internally? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> internally, they're saying it's, it's project lit crazy movie. Yeah. I'd see, I don't know. I need to see these numbers because 200 people still to me just sounds... I'm just thinking of like how many... I'm pretty sure 200 people came up to Joe. Like, it didn't yeah. feel like 200. It yeah. felt like more than that. Just yeah. think about how many high school runners there are in LA. There's got to be... But this thousands is, yeah. upon thousands. This is the thing, though. Remember Tens when we thousands, went to? Remember we did the OAC is on fire thing with New Gen. We did that. We had a lot of fan engagement there, which is unreal. But then after a kid's done that, is he going to come back and go to the same meet again, seeing the same tank? Is he going to go right. back and? Well, do we it? definitely didn't have the fan engagement there, though. Like maybe they knew that it they, wasn't going to be. It, yeah, it wasn't what, like maybe they'll go to the next one, knowing that like yeah, there's going to be maybe magazines or. You know, there's some more stuff going on. Yeah, more stuff going on. I think with the 10K, they should have had. Obviously, it's the premier event for both of them, but I feel like they could stack the fields a bit more. Maybe the fields just weren't as stacked because if you look at, I mean, obviously you got Louis, 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 um, and Sam Atkin and stuff like that, and then on the women's side you've got a lot of athletes that are incredible, but you don't have the big names. Yeah, like, you got Alicia and Elish, but you don't do. have yeah, like Louis Cranny. Like, like what, what else can they, they do, do though? Like they got yeah. this. Jesse got a, a silver label, which is like obviously huge. And then... Off of pacing lights? No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were trying... Like, I think that 
the setup is one of the best 10Ks in the world. But maybe that, like, to create more fan engagement, you need to get a lot more I mean, big names there. Some, some of the social media influencers. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> well, some of the top runners from Japan were there, and I don't know if they've been training in the US. And China, too. They, Shout yeah, out China to uh, like, Carlos's old coach. So people travel far, far and wide to come... Uh, Come run. All right. I feel like this is a good time to jump in. I've been I've been holding out on this. Go for, for it now. Unleash. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit. I'm just gonna. You guys can sit back and relax for a little bit. I'm a. I'm gonna give my two cents on this, this as coherently as possible. Yeah, this is now a monologue. I was telling Ollie and Joe this morning. So, this is what I think about it, and you guys have been saying some nice things about about this meet. It is my belief that track and field would be better off without the 10k and I'm gonna tell you why <laughs> we just had Joe Tucker on the show and he's and <laughs> the thing is for multiple of reasons uh, but I also have some some compromises slash slash solutions Jordy, Jordy, Jordy's willing, coming hot right now that I'm willing to compromise this on a, this is a debate <laughs> yeah and I'm, and I'm ready only one side is prepared yeah <laughs> I'm prepared I wrote my notes <laughs> I'm ready for your guys rebuttal once I'm done and I'm gonna give you a few reasons why first of all I mean, I think just for the average fan, like 30 minutes and 25 laps on the track is just arguably, it's too long. Like there's a reason that they don't have it in Diamond Leagues anymore. There's a reason, like, I think that's a big reason why there weren't that many people there. And I think mostly in time trial situations, it unfortunately doesn't make great TV. It just doesn't. Like, I think that's the reality when you get a... 10k time trial it's just too long before something happens for and that's coming from me and i'm very biased and i was very invested in what my teammates are going to do and i know every single 400 split i know every single mile split and but there's most people out there are just like we want people just to watch it for entertainment purposes but if you don't know those things it, it's pretty hard to follow and i think you know people say that there's a lot of like the 10k provides another opportunity in in track and field like that's why it's there to start but i think i'm one of and i'm pretty sure a growing number of people that think there are too many events in track and field like i know there's people that think that and maybe you know there are more events than just the 10k but probably don't need to get into that but there's i think there's too many events in track and field but there's also so many opportunities in track and field like it's such an oversaturated market like just last weekend i'm so happy that for Jonas and like 27 26 is great like that's awesome second fastest swiss person of all time purely for entertainment purposes i would have rather watch him run europeans the same weekend i, w- I watch pretty much every single european race from like 800 to 3k and i'm gonna be honest i didn't watch every single 10k on saturday night I just, I just didn't. It wasn't as entertaining, like purely from an entertainment standpoint. And I think the fact that, and I don't think it's the athlete's fault. And like we said earlier, like, you know, maybe we shouldn't be making fun of sound running all the time because they are like pretty much the only ones doing anything to provide the opportunity. And, you know, I have a huge amount of respect for them and for Jeff as well, who, I mean, I missed, he like posted some stuff on Twitter today. I don't know if you guys saw it. I don't have Twitter, but someone was reposting it about like... Wait, how'd you know about it then? If you didn't have Twitter? He, they reposted it on uh, sources. Instagram or something. You're not Gus Thoughts, are you? Just <laughs> make that clear right now. And uh, so, and he's like, he obviously did a good job. He's very passionate about it. 
and he was saying like pop-up meets you know he doesn't want pop-up meets to be the future of checking field which is what sound rain is at the moment and that's just kind of the reality of it and i think there's just not enough but it's like they're there they've provided the sound opportunity because of what world athletics has has created like world athletics has forced people to take this huge chunk of the season to focus on something that isn't very entertaining for the population like That's 2017 27 minutes we we're talking about it earlier yeah, like, i mean this whole this whole indoor season was building up to the 10k i would have done i would love to go race some yeah. other stuff but i had to do world athletics has like 10K. forced the situation where people have to give up a big chunk of time before a race a big chunk of time afterwards like people got to say no to europeans people got to say no to usas just to try and get this thing done and getting this thing done a i think isn't very entertaining and b like joe said earlier like 27 minutes was on if just if maybe if they went out in in 1325 and now we've got like you lose out on, on an olympic standard something like that world athletics has made so important just because like this one night in california doesn't quite go to plan in the first 10 minutes mm-hmm. and now like an, an entire 18 month stretch has been like affected like no shit we've just seen joe and woody run 1254 and 1251 no shit they can run the olympic standard like why do they have to go prove that they're good enough to run the olympics in the 10k when like we already know that shit why do they have to go to california kind for a thought yeah <laughs> like do you think the 10k at worlds is interesting because i would say See, the 10k at worlds is interesting this is my compromise but no here's my comp- here's what i'm saying <laughs> do you think that because a 5k is obviously much easier to recover from to do much more interesting and like you don't have to build your whole six months around a 5k yeah do you think that a 5k standard should count for a 10k and then you wouldn't have to do these because i don't personally i don't care about time for a 10k like like when i was talking to woody before the race 2659 or 2639 i don't care mm-hmm. i want to go to worlds and inc- improve on my ninth place finish that's yeah. what i care about yeah and so being able to run 27 minutes in in march has no bearing yeah and i mean I, I think i told all you guys this like i was like dude the 10k sucks like i just want to get this sound running yeah. over with and be ready to go race outdoor and like Milrose is my most fun race of the indoor season an actual race yeah yeah and so yeah, I, I i i see where you're coming from with like I'm not trying to help Lord Co here, but there isn't that Waterflex has offered the option of the, the 10k row. Yeah, and this is one of the compromise. Yeah. yeah, so that like because that is actually I think it's going to change the way the 10k is qualified for. Because yeah. I do agree with you guys in the sense that if I'm watching a 10k Olympics Worlds, yeah, maybe USA's. I think but that's like, probably, those are the most entertaining races for 10k. They're probably never going to take away the 10k at Worlds Olympics, and maybe they shouldn't. Like, there's a lot of history track and field's fucking obsessed with history we're always talking about how that is is slightly holding us back a bit with the obsession with the olympics but if they're going to make it possible to qualify on the roads then let's just take time trial 10ks let's just not have them at all and let's just have people qualify on the roads you don't need a b heat of the 10k like the infrastructure is already there there's no you know we don't need this pop-up grassroots because it is a grassroots meet I'm all for grassroots track and field, but what do you what do you, you said roots running track and field? What do you and Grant Woody and Grant and Joe aren't at a grassroots level? Why are they running grassroots meets? Yeah. Because like yeah. they don't exist. That's like putting Max Verstappen and Checo on a shitty. Well, I would yeah, say this exactly. It's it's like meet. having them drive around this. I would I say know. this. 
like you were saying, Drive around we Costco. couldn't, yeah. we couldn't <laughs> Costco fucking parking lot or something. We couldn't do US indoors because we had to get ready for this 10K. And you have runners like Woody who are incredibly entertaining to watch, as we know, his kick's amazing. And you're preventing him from doing races that like people would love to see him in yeah. because he has to do this 10K. I think it's easy enough as like you hit the 5K standard, that counts as a 10K. What, yeah. Like most 5K, most guys who run under 1307, which is the standard, could probably hit the 10k stand there obviously there's some anomalies and but not everyone would want to do the 10k like mm-hmm. if all he wanted to do the 5k and he hit the standard he wouldn't be like oh i qualified in the 10k let's do that well he would still have to get picked by his country and he would still have to get picked so that's the thing is like usatf yes still have the usa trials to but like as far as the world athletic standard yeah just i think that the 10 10k versus the other events is something they need to address but also in the marathon for the U.S., if the, the, there is a time standard, but if you're top three at the U.S. trials, you make the team because the U.S. marathon trials is like a gold label meet mm. or something. If you win it, that counts as the standard. That's 100% what the 10K needs. That's what the 10K should be. Like If yeah. we had, if instead of going to California and running in front of 200 people, if you went to like the biggest 10K road race in the country, everyone went there and made it like, and maybe had a couple of like golden ticket races for the year, like... Maybe the conditions don't matter. You don't have to rely on pacing, top wave 10. lights. You just get the standard by being top place. ten. And then uh, you get to watch an entertaining race. Like, like, like I would watch that. Like say, say Valencia this year, which is a race yeah. that a lot of people use to hit the standard for the ten k. But say it was like okay, if you're top ten at Valencia, you get the standard. Yeah, how, make, that's you, how, you know how many people would have been in Valencia? How many ten k runners sick. would have been in Valencia? Yeah. Like everyone would have been there. That's, that's like, like, World Cross is already like that, right? Top, top eight, eight or fifteen, whatever it is. Like that's cool. Like, yeah, I think that's good. It should be more of that because to me, from your arguments, I think a lot of them are valid. But when I hear it, I don't actually think your issue is with the 10K specifically. I feel like it's more of the system. The system 100%. and how it's being created now yeah. with how hard it is to hit that qualifier and how that just... What and, athletics thought in some weird way that bringing <laughs> these rankings in was going to make mean, oh, people will go and race. I don't more. even understand the ranking. Like, <laughs> But it just makes it like, so much harder and it causes us to do all this stuff. Yeah, if we lived in a world where everyone could qualify easily and then they could do all the races that they wanted to do and they knew that what actually the way to qualify was to go come top three at USA's for you, for example. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't have to have all this stress about running a time now. You knew that top three at USA's, that's what would get it done. You would have so much freedom now to do all these fun mm-hmm. races and do all this cool stuff because I do agree with you. Like I don't agree that the 10K inherently is boring because I actually think it's one of the most exciting races. I, I find it really fun to watch, but... Watch things unfold. There's like yeah. you get team dynamics at Worlds with countries working together and stuff. So. Yeah, like it's one of those races where when you're watching the Worlds and you're there in person, the tension is just rising, rising, and fall. Like I think I think it is an amazing race. I think uh, I don't think it's a bad thing that a lot of people do the five k, ten k double. I think like they're different enough. Still, they're very similar. Like and this, I think they're similar and different enough that it works out well. If someone can pull off the five k, ten k double, they they're going to be legend yeah like forever like it's not easy to do but i i just love the 10k i definitely see where you're coming from i think it's just comes back to it all it always comes back to some of the things that we always talk about where it's just like you got to find the right way to highlight the event and with the 10k yeah. right now everything they're doing is just killing it yeah well i think you got to find the right way to to make these amazing races like Woody probably would have done Milrose if he didn't have to do the 10K. You throw mm-hmm. Woody in that 3K, and all of a sudden you have Josh Kerr, Cooper Tier, Luis. Like, 
uh, you got like it was just like that was one of the most amazing races. But yet there were yeah. still people who didn't do it because they had a 10k that they had to do. And like, what's more, how many viewers like what Milrose has thousands of people there. Yeah, that's one of the big problems. You can't like create legacy just by just by saying something good. Like you said, you and Woody didn't care about being the sound running 10k champ. No shit. Yeah. It doesn't matter. No one Yeah, Woody didn't message me the day of the race and say sound run 10k champ or bust. You said sub 27 or bust. Yeah. So, like, and that's what's entertaining is watching people try and win. And then yeah, I'm I'm more just sick of the process of getting to the World Championship 10k final, which I am prepared to watch. And the the problem, the other problem with having a hard 10k weeks, months out from something good is that because it takes so much out of your body, like Joe here is pretty beat up after it, that means it like, it fucks the regular season, which I'd love to talk about more. Well, with, yeah, with, like I'm not racing for three months. I'd love to go race the yeah. Diamond League 3K in Doha. And Nathan's like, no, no, it's too close to the, you need to train. It's too close to the 10K. Like it's just, there's yeah. so many what, repercussions. What we want to create in the sport is all the top athletes running high quality races with a high frequency and the 10k doesn't allow you to do that because it takes it takes too much out of you that you have to give up on actual opportunities to to be entertaining to do something fun and that's also what i think one of the best things that super shoes has allowed and what a road race like super shoes allow people to recover faster to race more and like to be less beat up after race and then therefore race more and you know we get we get better matchup we get more races marathoners are doing like four marathons yeah. a year now and that, I mean, that's, that's so good for the sport like, yeah who, who cares that you know it's maybe not as pure as it used to be but like the best way to be entertaining is to feel good all the time mm-hmm. and therefore race each other more and and race people at, at high quality events mm-hmm. the fact totally. that the fact that it's an annoyance like it's a massive the fact that it's simultaneously a massive race your biggest race of the winter and also just an annoyance that yeah, you're like I yeah. just gotta go it do this it was the one I was least excited about I just gotta <laughs> like, go do this that's something there's something profoundly wrong with that because we only race in a good year between 10 and 20 times and you want to have every single one of those races be something that people can get excited about because you're doing it at the top level mm-hmm. if you're doing it at the top level every single one of those should be an opportunity to try and do something amazing for yourself and for the fans and the fact that it's not that because of the system i would say yeah that's a real shame because you know 20 2012 maybe I might, I might be getting confused no 2016 i think the standard was 28 minutes yeah it yeah. got down to like 28 minutes and i'm not saying it should necessarily be 28 minutes and with like the shoes and how much better but what if it was 27 45 or yeah. something like that where you could you could do I mean it's still, you still have to go do it the other thing I'll say is like they just need to figure out a system for the 10k to get the best best athletes on the line at Worlds but then the best athletes in the 10k it's not like they're just 10k runners like Woody could go run a mile and it'd be super entertaining. Like Grant can run, you know, he goes and races yard in a 3k in Spain. It's super entertaining. You're this, showing that you're, you're in the top three kind of 3k runners in the country. So mm. like you don't need to prove that you can you can do this 10k so many months out. Like what athletics has to look at it. Like how did they write that down? You're like, Phew, 27 minutes. This, this is such a good idea. And then uh, they're watching this like tiny meat pop up in california thinking yeah that's what we were aiming for yeah like that's what we wanted to happen out of this like how the fuck is that 
what they were aiming out of this. Like this is we got to go back the to the, the, the Super League. It? The Super League we've been talking yeah, about. Chicken obviously, boy obviously that is yeah. the this dream. is the solution. We're talking about the problem and the solution we know about. We've been talking about it for, for weeks. The harder I, I, you make I, it to make the global championship, the harder it is to do that. The worse you make the regular season in mm. track and field, because the whole point the be to get the like, best athletes on the line of worlds. Yeah, yeah, because it's the most entertaining. Yeah. And ideally, you have one the, more ideally you have the best athletes racing each other as much all as possible. Regular all regular season, time. yeah. Instead yeah. of focusing on getting the super time, they should be providing entertainment. They should be yeah. racing each other. They should add us in Europeans. Yeah, put us straight <laughs> <in>. <laughs> yeah, I would, I'd race Europeans. I'd fucking race Europeans, bro. <laughs> no, I was going to backtrack a little bit and just say, uh, if the standards are the way they are and everything, I don't think it should be on sound running and Jesse Williams to set up these situations. Why is USATF not coming forward with it? Like, why are they not putting pace lights, paying people like Ollie to come pace, and saying, okay, this is going to be the 10K where we try and get the standard? Because if there wasn't sound running, like I said, we might not send a full team to Worlds in the 10K, and as one of the most highly funded federations, as one of the you know most very... Like Max fucking Seagull funded out of his okay. back pocket. This is yeah. the thing, Max Seagull. Like, how does that look when you don't send a uh, full team? Yeah, yeah. it's fucking dog it's shit. Like, that's that's a failure. You know what annoys me about it the most is that like this 10k was going on, and then this thing came up on Twitter. Now it's social media. It's the way you know things are. Sometimes things that annoy you. I saw that said Coco Pops and fucking <laughs> Max Seagull did a podcast together talking about athletics. Right? These are two people that are so disconnected from the sport, in my opinion. In my opinion, so disconnected from like the roots, the problems. You know what they talked about on the podcast for forty-five minutes? Their love of jazz. That's what the sport needs. That's what the sport needs. Not I mean, to talk about the problems and issues. They could have had about a, the problems a jazz and issues going yeah, yeah. during the tank cast. Dude, the amount good. of issues that I have looking at, obviously, like, I can't solve everything, and there's also issues that underline everything that goes on. But then, like, the amount of stuff that I saw statistics-wise from other people talking about unsponsored athletes, particularly U.S. athletes, and just struggling to get to meet, struggling to get to USA's, and then obviously seeing the money that comes out revenue-wise and where it goes. Dude, there's just so many solutions you could have if you had somebody look and say, there's a problem with the sport. I can make it profitable, and I can make a lot of money for the sport, but you also got to spend money to make money. Yeah, Isn't that and the I would usual say it's a saying? fine balance because I would say... Everyone wants more money. Yeah. And but the money's there. Like every yeah, well, maybe it's there. But I do agree with you that money should be spent in certain places, but like it's should, not spent you, should, the right should, place. should you be supporting the fifteenth best ten K runner in the US? I'm sure like yes, they would love to get money. And it'd be great if we could support them, but you gotta look at the end goal is getting medals at Worlds and Olympics and where can USATF spend money to do that and I, I do. I'm not saying they're they're good. I'm saying there's many things they can improve on. Like I was saying with hosting a tank, like we might not even send a tank yeah, team. But, that, but that's a way of running. money spending money to make money. That's what, I'm not. I'm not saying like you got to support the 20th athlete in the 1500. I'm saying you give that 20th athlete an opportunity to compete at a meet that's paid for with a hotel, hotel paid for, maybe even food paid for. The USATF set it up for the US athletes to 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 make an event like a big event like that, like the marathon. And actually spending money and get get people excited and, and like that's the one thing that I have to give credit to Athletics Australia for because the Murray Plant Meet did that did that they got major sponsors they they pay big athletes to come in like Fred Curley um, like um, oh I'm gonna butcher the names uh, Hunter Woodall and Tara Davis yeah like <clears throat> athletes like that like they're not the I'm not saying that they're all Olympic champions or world champions but you're getting engagement we had a, a sold out like 
um, fucking stadium. Yeah. And, and it was it was one of the best meets I've ever been to. But like, Lee Troop, literally, he said, he was, oh, I'm going to walk down. He was there. He was going to go and watch my race. He's like, I will walk down. And he said, like, literally 15 minutes before my race, he couldn't get into the stadium because there was a line out the door because they just had so many people. But that's not- Why a, is that not happening in this That's not day? a pop-up meet. They don't need to create a new meet. There's like- But it is a new meet. Two- it is a new meet. That was a new meet in Melbourne. Murray Plant meet was a new meet. It technically. Was, it was based on the Melbourne- I mean, they always have a big meet in Melbourne every year. The but, Melbourne but, Track but Classic. the Murray Plant meet wasn't technically a new meet. Like the, the locations a doesn't matter about locations and stuff. It's we a new meet meets. with new organizers. Yeah, the, 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 the infrastructure is, is already here. Pre-classic, but that's what I'm huge. arguing is that like if they have the infrastructure, they've got to just start putting money into it. Like well, if there's a 10k that they could somehow add on to a bigger meet. Well, I think Sound Running will become like a legacy meet where I don't know if there'll be ever. If they keep doing this. Every there year, might never be history eventually. there, but it could become something like. Like when I was in college, everyone went to Houston, Belgium because of how good of races Short they had there. And so maybe it becomes, <laughs> maybe it's not, maybe it no one ever really cares about like the history of like winning it or, but maybe it still has history in terms of like being where you go to run the fast times. Could I be. think it's, I mean, you see, the thing is, I have the fondest memories of watching Peyton Jordan when I was younger, mm. which was around, it was really, I'd say that was probably 2010, 2012. That's when... Ben St. Lawrence, ex-training partner, he ran the Australian record there. And I, that was like, that was one of my favorite meets to watch. I think 2012, if you watched that one, I Hassan think that was Ben True, that was one of my, like when they ran 13, they five, ran 13 that five. was one of my first like track races I watched. I was like, that was unbelievable. 20, 2012 was when Cam Levins won, I believe. And so many college kids went around so fast. And this was just like some random 10K. Like, what I happened think, to Peyton Jordan? Uh, COVID, I think. I think Stanford I think just it stopped, still exists. Yeah, it? it does. But I think Stanford stopped being able to host mm-hmm. for a little bit. And yeah, then that's when Sound Running stepped up. And then it ended up being a little bit better. But I don't know. The I guess Prefontaine Classic used to be a big 10K meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, historically. Here's my other thing. I think that the Diamond Leagues could have pre-programmed 10K races. I know they've done it in the past. And like if like Oslo or one of these Diamond Leagues with great weather would host a pre-programmed 10K and make it diamond league points or whatever it is bring in athletes like those are the legacy meets that have the fans there like if you couldn't tell me if you had a 10k in oslo like you're gonna get a couple thousand fans who are turning up early to watch that people are already there for the diamond league 100 percent. but i don't think that's a good reason to go have one where the africans try and run 26 20 i don't think that's what people want to watch no no they should just but why don't they make that but make it like a golden ticket race like yes i agree no matter what happens i agree but if the system is like it is now like say World Athletics is going to keep the system like it is now and we have to work around that qualifying standard, there's better ways. Like I, th- I think in that case, like the, having a pre-program race at these big races could create some hype and make the 10K a bit more you could, you could put a 10K, accessible. You're going to put a 10K in Oslo and then you have all the field events run at the same time so that people can like, you have the 10K going and then people like all of a sudden they see someone jump and then they batch the 10K. Like it's, they're paying attention in like, there's other things going on, but the 10K is the main event in the middle. For yeah, 26, 27 minutes. Going on, they have like going on. Yeah. They have, so you can put those to field events fair, They in do there. already run track meets like that. But <laughs> I, think it would be, I think it would be run better. That's how I, they already do I think it. it would be run better with field events like that because they run it like that, but people get jarred because all of a sudden 400 hurdles over. Oh, wait, somebody already jumped. I missed that. 200 on. Oh, shit, I'm paying attention to this. Whereas with 10K, it's, it's constantly going. Whereas you have an event that's going on, and in 30 minutes, you might have a couple of jumps, a couple of throws. people in the comments to say what they want. Yeah, tell us, <laughs> like, how to, tell us how to fix this. I mean, Chicken Boy League is what I want. But. Yeah. 
that's obviously the dream. See, yeah, because then it but would be like if everyone if everyone's running, it means a lot. Then a ten k is amazing. Because like, you have a ten k. I think the golden ticket idea is great. Yeah. Like even if sound running was a golden ticket event, then then that means you and Woody would actually shit, race. Like yeah, yeah, then we don't care about breaking twenty seven. It's you like you care about beating each other. Yeah, and like which creates more. Isn't that sick if it was like top five? Because then it's going to mm-hmm. be a tactical race, and then everyone's watching. But maybe tactical. Maybe someone. Like, yeah. There's going to be a lot of. It's going to be like a world's race. Yeah, like, and then and then like you're so engaged though to see who wins, but then also who is the top five. It brings so much more excitement into it because I would have stayed awake to watch that. 100%. Like what if here, what if you did this? Say you had, say three races that are. Golden ticket events, maybe one road, 10K, two track, each race, top five, make worlds. That's 15 people. Then take descending order 10K list, 12 people on, like the next 12 people who run the fastest times, they get an A standard as well. So like some people get, like this whole ranking thing, I don't even understand it. Like, why don't you just have these races you go to? Like like the dream mile, when you won the, in high school, if you won like this certain race, you got to golden ticket yeah. to the dream everything model. just gets so complicated then, complicated then i guess because if you think about there being like three golden ticket races then people have to be able to get into those races and then people have to be able to travel to those yeah races. but i will say the thing with the 10k is like if you can put 30 people on the line like it's that's what's good about the road you yeah let's just make it all road races Shit. yeah but you can put like, so many people in that a 10k i mean what was the slowest pr on the race this weekend and, and that was not a full 10k you could have put more people on the line there yeah yeah it's true like but I think making the regular like making the regular season more exciting is is just a no brainer. That's like, the goal. But they, they've they've been failing on that for years. For years, I mean, that's yeah. the whole problem. That's no, what's I never, wrong I with never the thought, sport. I never thought of that like what you mentioned with like having some sort of golden ticket. Like that is, I think that is a good solution to making the ten k more interesting. Why wouldn't you they change should, the way? Yeah, like the like the way you guys are talking about it, it just makes sense to me that like why wouldn't those people at World because like. You want to get the sport more fans and you want it to be more engaging. The way the system is right now, it, we talk about it all the time, how hard it is to follow track and field. This way makes it easy to follow because yeah, you know, know who gets oh, top the five, five golden tickets. You start to learn about them and you know them. And, and then the- you, you see the other shit falls. Like it's just, it makes, to me, it just makes sense. Maybe maybe this will come up. Maybe it Here's will be an option too. later on. Doing that doesn't stop Joshua Cheptegei from going to Monaco and trying to run 26-10. No. It doesn't stop him from doing that. He can still go do that. And if you want to tune in and watch that, you can still tune in and watch it. But it's just like... It, it, it yeah. offers another solution to the issue of like people trying to be engaged with track and field. Yeah. Because like watching, watching Josh run that is an incredible feat. But it also doesn't really give much people excitement. Whereas a, a, a golden ticket race where maybe your son, daughter, brother, sibling, lover, whatever, is in a potential to get a golden ticket in this race. You're very heavily invested and engaged in it. And I think it And would if create... you're from a country like Australia, maybe they say if you get a golden ticket, it's not a selection. And so you could finish the sound rank 10K and no, I just made the Olympics. Yeah. You know, that, like, it makes it like, so much more meaningful. Yeah, no. things like that could be cool. It could be, it's like... It could be a much better way to use the like current Diamond League descending order lists, like World Indoor Tour Gold or whatever. And is there a World Outdoor Tour yeah, Gold? What is the whatever World it is? Like tour yeah, I think well, uh, So you, I think it's Neil. So much, Neil, Neil Gawley yeah. got an auto he did. spot for World Indoors. The fact that we didn't. The fact that Yarin could have like I saw some tweet where it was like Yarin Goose. Like could auto qualify for worlds, but he's not running in Birmingham. It's yeah. like I bet Yard doesn't even know that. Like, no, he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. That's he doesn't. He, he didn't even realize. And would it have changed what he did? Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. But like, probably not. But I like, th- and I think, and I'm gonna use Ollie as, as an example. I think Ollie getting were you second overall in the Diamond League standings last year? Yeah. Right. No, second or third. Yeah. Third. Second. Or th- 
whatever it was i think that was more impressive than you coming third in the final i'm gonna because i think people as well as like golden ticket options i, I think people need to be rewarded for running consistently the year Look, before. Stewie, like, the man. fact that like, Ollie Stewart year, could have year? that many points Stewie, Stewie and won that the many turn And year. he would turn up to every race yeah. and be up there in every race. Because then that incentivizes people yeah. to go to all of them. Yeah. Like, well, this is the issue that we have now. It should be more money, I Talking, think. talking yeah. about the Diamond League, like for me, obviously come games is, is something that I'll highlight and I'm going to take that away. But for me, finishing Diamond League final, running the final, finishing third and finishing third in the points two years in a row, that's such a big deal for me. Like thinking of like, the way I've been able to consistently perform like that. But then I now understand, looking at the system, why people don't give a shit. It's because you win the Diamond League final, you win really small amount of money. Um, it's not really attended to like in the way in which well, it's other It's not a small majors. amount of money, but if you're winning the Diamond League final relatively, it's not like... Like compared how, to what you should be getting. How many of the top athletes didn't even go to the Diamond League final? Yeah. Well, like, compared to what you should be getting, Joe, like if you're winning like our biggest, our biggest um, level in the sport that's not the Olympics, that's not Worlds, is the Diamond League. And to win that race, you get paid 10 grand. If you think of any other sport where it's the, one of the biggest leagues in the world, they're not getting paid 10 grand for, for yeah, one league. you meet. get more if you win USA's. And like, yeah. Dude. It's just there's an issue there because the money's been trickling down. That used to be 70 gay, I think, like years ago. And now it's just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. What, what was it this past year? 30. 10, 10 for, oh, oh 30, the final was 30. 30. 10 for winning the regular. But do you know what we talked about a few months ago, or a couple months ago, how... The what athletics done league wherever the fuck the money comes from spends so much money on appearance very fees. a very small number of appearance fees for a very small number of athletes to show up and race pretty much like like themselves like they don't even an have exhibition. the rest of the field mm-hmm. an exhibition event and and then like don't reward people for consistently running at a high level in diamond leagues if they put all the money into doing well at every single diamond league. And no appearance fees. That would force everyone to, to go to a high number yeah. of diamond leagues. Because we have the same. And this is what we talked about before. That's the only way this is what we talked about before. To go like, together. with these stars in the sport, they're bigger than the meat. Like the meat, they, they can't be. Like the Rome is like, oh yes, we got Usain Bolt to come run here. Like, what other sports like that? Where it's like the meat is like smaller than the individual. Like the meat needs to be up here, and the individual needs yeah. to be here, Dude. and like. The the NBA, NBA players don't get to just yeah. decide where they go compete. Dude, look at tennis. They don't, they don't get to go decide at, to play in a different state yeah. just because they feel like it. Golf like, and tennis is the example of that. Yeah. Like golf and tennis is an example. Like if you go to the Australian Open, people aren't like, oh, Roger Federer has gone to the Australian Open. It's the fucking Australian Open. Yeah. It's not just Roger Federer. There's always other, And Wimbledon's the same. That is another issue with it is that Sydney McLaughlin would get paid $250,000 to turn up and run the 60-meter hurdles. Like... And then, not not event, and then if she's not getting paid to do that, she there's won't no go. way she's showing up. And she won't go. And like, I understand in a financial perspective, you obviously look after your, like, you, if you're worth that, you obviously protect I don't think you that, can blame Sydney. I think you... You blame the system. You blame, like, the system... Should, like you were saying with Roger Federer showing up to the Australian Open, like, it's... There's a reason why he, there's a reason he shows up. He, he doesn't get paid to show up. Yeah. The Absolutely. He doesn't even get paid. You, you have to house yourself. You have to yeah. get yourself there. Like, they get nothing for... But if they but win if they and win. if they get through the rounds, they make so much money. They get so much more exposure, and it's also an amazing experience. Like all hearing, the wrong things are incentivized. Yeah, hearing people yeah. compete at those majors, it's like one of the best things they'll ever do in their career. Well, but like for us, it just doesn't matter. It's yeah. just like I mean, it's the same thing that we talked about with like how you would do it if you had a league. Just imagine a reality in the current. This is like a compromise in the current system we had right now. Imagine if the world champion was whoever who whoever won the diamond league overall mm-hmm. points for the year. If you imagine like that, then 
Every single Diamond League is stacked with literally everyone yeah. racing it. Yeah. You make it, you fuck, solve, give, you them, give the winner a million dollars. Yeah. If that's the world champion give the mil- Like the regular season winner a million dollars. I would say my, my other <laughs> critique. insane. My other critique with the Diamond League is, as an athlete, I don't know who I'm racing until the night before the race. Yeah, they don't have, like, a, they don't have a As a fan, yeah. what if you're like a huge fan of Ollie Hoare and you're like, they don't announce the field until the night before and you don't get tickets, you don't plan on going. It's like, they should be like hyping up these races like weeks out. Well, there's right so now, many issues. This, there's this so is, many issues. This yeah. is the time right now there's to so like line yeah. up the the Diamond League fields. But the yeah. issue with this is every meet has a different meet director and a different way of they organize and do things. Yeah, which like is another Oslo issue. will accept people months before. Yeah. And like I'm on the plane to a di- another Diamond League and Rome sends me like Ray's like, yeah, you just got into the Rome Diamond League. I'm like, well, I'm already on the way to another meet. Like yeah. I can't I mean, this, should the I turn around the plane. Or? Is like, the fact that Diamond Leagues are can be a little bit political to get into. Like they try and get the top stars and then beyond that, like they don't necessarily care that much yeah. like, based on who your agent is and who your agent knows that might. Yeah. And they'll do a favor for someone mm-hmm. if they did a favor for them. So it's, like, what, yeah. a, what a crazy system. And like, yeah, we we're here trying to do it. And we don't even understand what the fuck is going yeah. on. And when world ranking is highly influenced by the diamond league, which is highly influenced by politics of getting mm-hmm. into a race. It's just like, the, the the issues with these just go deeper deeper, yeah, like deeper if you're at the top it doesn't matter you're fine but if you're not one of those top athletes and it's a very small number mm-hmm. it's like it needs like to be some kind of like descending order list that you can see exactly what you need to do to like qualify for a certain diamond league yeah and then those like the gold level meets underneath them they should be like diamond league qualifiers yeah like oh like you, you win, win a gold level meet you get into that's a up yeah into the next one we need we need just like f1 f2 yeah, three. That's I yeah. mean, and they they kind of have it. Like the infrastructure is yeah, the there. infrastructure there's, is kind of there. Diamond, diamond transparency, diamond, yeah, gold, the, silver, the bronze. Infra- like these things I, are literally I would say there. The infrastructure is there, but everything's so disconnected. Yeah, like 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 you're saying, the diamond leagues different directors at every meet. They're totally disconnected. They shouldn't get to decide who's at the meet. Like it should be like some. Yeah. It should be the diamond. List. This is this is the thing. I don't want to sound like it's going to be a dictatorship, but the diamond league organization should be in control no, it, of every it diamond league. It has to kind of be. A it has to be because it has to be control of every diamond league. They control who's in it. They control. Where the hotel is, they control what the events will be at this time. Like the timing of it, they have to control everything. Like the Diamond League has to control. But yeah, they the don't. fact there's no consistency, and like you'll hear about a Diamond League, like Jonas is like, oh yeah, I'll get into this one because the race director is Swiss. Yeah, it's like so that doesn't work. It's like all right, it doesn't so have to work like that. The, so whole, the whole system has to just be run by a private company who is able to do whatever they want to maximize revenue. And that's like probably like the most capitalist thing I've ever said. <laughs> it has to be run like a business. It has yeah. to be yeah. run like a business because be. like just when you hear in other sports, the fact that the Tour de France, like the most traditional thing ever, like last year, the race director was like, yeah, I made this course. So it was really hard for Tade to win. And he's the best rider. Or you say that you, you saw it in F1, I think two years ago, it was in the show where the, I forget what the title is, but pretty much the most important guy said, yeah, I'm making it. I'm putting a new rule, so it's really hard for Mercedes to win. Yeah, here's the question. Mm-hmm. Say you like went to Oslo and mm-hmm. beat Jakob. Would uh, would the meet director like that or not? Well, this is the issue like, that we've it had It seems before. like some of these... Like I heard back in the day, like oh, the my, London my, Diamond my, League, my, they'd my, always give Laura Mir a huge appearance fee, but they wouldn't let Jenny in. Yeah, Some years because, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, because they want... Like it's not fixing races, but in Joe, a way it kind of is. I'll tell you. In a way, it I'll kind tell of you. Is. I'll tell you what happened with Oslo. You want to actually know? I was allowed to go to Oslo because Jakob didn't see me as a threat. I was. I got I confirmed earlier because Jakob didn't see me as a threat. He didn't want. He didn't want one person in particular in that race. Yeah. It was Timothy Chariot. He did not want Tim in it. 
And that's what I heard from that's people. Crazy. So and it's a political thing that might not be true because I didn't back to the rankings and the points. He's so much bigger than the rankings and the points don't matter for Jakob, whatever, because he has the times, whatever. But like winning and also does. But the points and everything, it's like, yeah, it just goes back to like politics. It's not just go run this gold label race, win it, you get the points. No, half the battle is getting into that race. Like, well, yeah, I, I'm not saying that Jakob said that. This is what I'm hearing from Rumor Mill, that I was confirmed in, and they didn't want Timothy Chair out there because they saw him as a threat to Jakob. And Jakob wanted to make sure he wanted to go for the European record, and he didn't want anybody stomping on that parade. So he had a lot of control over that meet. Where, But if it was run by someone where, above If it was a big organization, Oslo, they're going to say, organization, no. Someone, no. That, someone that doesn't give a shit. Yeah, no, someone, someone that doesn't care about... No. In, in a way, I'm not yeah. saying the races are fixed. In a way, fixing the competition at least for the races. No, they're trying to. If it's if it's like that, then is a company and their whole goal is to make the most long term, biggest, best thing. And then Jakob is extremely important in the time, but then you also know you have a whole future of all this other stuff happening, mm-hmm. and then it kind of fades away a bit. And you see, yeah, you see it with the leagues that are set up like that on a world sense that's what have the most success even look at I think not that I'm an expert on this but UFC for example how much that's that's grown that's just like a private company where they just everything they do is designed around marketing and being as popular as they can in the modern day and, and giving people the fights they want like giving yeah, them the matchups they want like they're trying to make the biggest stars possible but then they also know that these stars will be around for I don't know how many years 5-10 years and then at the end of the day the product has to be the thing that is always going to be there and the best thing possible and that people can rely on and week in week out to be a fan of rather than just an individual athlete and then when that athlete's gone no one cares anymore yeah it's gonna be interesting because that's literally what happened in our sport with Usain Bolt if you think about it Mm -hmm. how many fans left the sport (laughs) yeah like he people did not care about the 100 I mean people do obviously care about the 100 meters but people cared about Usain Bolt yeah well, I care yeah. about Fred Curley, so I'm... <laughs> yeah, I also care so about I'm Fred Curley. in for the next but I five say, years. The first, but, the, but I want to see Fred race all the other guys. Yeah. Instead of like... Have but one Fred is meets. open to that. I, to- I talked to him in Melbourne. He's 100% in. No, 100% but I would say good. too, like when... He wants first, to race everyone. The first Diamond League I ever went to was the Adidas Grand Prix. And it was like bonkers with how many people were there. And it was because of Usain Bolt. But I was like, man, are these people just here to see like this my like my dream mile? Like this is, this is crazy. Like yeah. I thought every big tracking was going to be like that, and yeah. you know they're few and far between. Um, but yeah, that just shows like Bolt's influence. It's going to be interesting. The system they're talking about, like not fixing races, but controlling who's in the race when there will be an issue where. Isn't that I mean, against, Oslo? fixing races against World Athletics Code? So why can the race directors, in a way, not yeah. directly fix, but in a way fix? So this is the thing. Say, the say there's an Oslo, Oslo 1500. They're say the there's rumor that, that Jakob is going for the world record there. There's rumor at Oslo in the 1500 meters. Let's say the beat director calls Dathan and says, yeah, I can't get Yarrod in. It's like, why? It's like, oh, we just, we just can't fit him in. We've got too many people. Yeah, but if there was some, like... It's like Jakob's kicking Yarrod out because he doesn't want Yarrod to take an, that record. An objective... An like objective way to get into the race subjective. Like, yeah. That's what we need. I mean, at the end of the day, one of the things that we keep talking about is transparency. And currently, there's no transparency as an athlete and then especially as a fan. You don't understand why people are in this race. Yeah, and that's ridiculous in the Diamond League, which is the highest level of the Because you look at a guy yeah. and you're like, okay, I don't know where you've come or, from. like, here's the thing, what I hate to see. When I'm trying to get into a Diamond League and then you see someone with slower times than you in there and you're like... How did this person get in? Yeah. And then your agent's trying to bargain and say, look, if my athlete can have a spot on the line, you don't need to pay their travel. If my athlete can have a spot on the line, you don't, you know, I'll have my, one of my athletes pace this race. Well, things like that. There's it's, been things where like I've heard 
conversations with agents saying that like I won't let this athlete so this is a high profile athlete I won't let this athlete compete at your diamond league unless you let my other three athletes compete as well 100% so they've been using like that like bargaining chips mm-hmm. and like if Jakob had really big control over Oslo or they wanted to create like a big thing for him and say we don't want Jared in the meet because we don't want him to spoil Jakob's attempt so what you're you saying can't is do, you shouldn't do that since you're running so well I can say Ollie Hoare is not competing unless you let Joe into the into the race. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Okay. But no, but that but that but no, can I, no, be used. No, 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 and it is for sure. And I don't I don't agree with that. I think George and was brought up a great ball before. I mean, ball brought up great points. Let's give us a pat on the back for our points. Yeah, our points have been great. But the the <laughs> yeah. idea of transparency and saying like, oh, I know what that athlete athlete is here. He won this gold label, got this ticket, and he's in this race. Knowing that it makes you more invested in their journey, creates a fan base. I wouldn't. Know, I don't. I wouldn't say it necessarily makes you more invested in their journey, but it makes it easier to follow the sport. Definitely. Which, which, yeah. yes, in turn will make you more invested in like just the races and if what's I, happening. Yeah, that's the issue because World Athletics. Remember, only, Sal- they only you, care about the championships and that they're like sabotaging the rest of the season. Yeah, you guys have probably talked about this. I don't listen to the podcast often, but like the whole sound running uh, cross country debacle where it was oh. like. Oh, oh yeah, we, we can get these world that. athletic points, we and then all that. of a sudden, yeah, and then all of a sudden, you don't get these points. You have to run three races. <laughs> and everyone was like, "What the hell, dude?" Like, it's, it's like we're again, at, let's if, blame world athletics. If, we're, Jesse a, for if that. our athletes, no, that's what if we're the athletes, and we don't know it, and our agents don't know it, and the meet director doesn't know it, like who there's fucking a, knows there's it? A, there's is a problem. Someone at world athletics just laughing at us. Like, there's some yeah, guy, some guy at computer desk is giggling because he knows all the rules, but no one else does. The system we made is so shit. It's funny. Yeah, it's kind of sad. I mean, now you're just making me think about how sick it would be if there was... A chicken boy league? Well, yeah, well, if there was a good cross-country slash road racing league that qualified you for the track yeah, like if you, you could actually like, do say, that was accessible. Even if it was just like you win sound running, you get a ticket to Worlds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, sound running was actually there. pretty sick because it was, it was just like chaos. It was all over the place. It wasn't like we were trying to set up something super controlled yeah. to like fucking all you just win. Fucking it was sick. At the yeah, yeah, I mean, it was say, actually kind of sick. The course was hard. It was just like a pure race, and then like you have a few more of those. Do something on the road. It. I love the the comment from that guy that gave me after the second lap. He's like, "That's right, no one gets any points." <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, but um, I mean, there's issues with like that. Just threw salt in the wound. That yeah. it was like, yeah. man, like. This, we showed up to this race that was a very hard race with the course, yeah. the conditions and everything. Well, Kogot like, Kogo won it, but then like it didn't matter to him because he had to still run two more races to even yeah. get like... That's why we were there sucks. at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. That's why I mean, Emily Infield said Emily, that. Emily Infield in, 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 in the press conference was like, I'm here 100% for the points. <laughs> and then it's like, unless she goes and runs two more cross-country races that are One was in Africa, two are in Spain. there's only one in this continent. One in yeah. this continent, South America and North America. like Crazy. Well, hate to bring that back up. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry for opening that can of worms. I just didn't. That was no, just, no. Uh, it's just it. It also just really reinforces the point of like there needs to be change, but the system is there to kind of push that change I, to I think, reality. Yeah, I think the good thing is that we have a very similar discussion every month or so. <laughs> <laughs> I think that we are slowly distilling what are the main things that matter and what doesn't matter mm. and so whenever we get done with this podcast and we move into the business world and we want to mm. take make our business plan and take it to the investors we'll know exactly do you reckon we could do a coffee, coffee club league and yeah. by then we've brainwashed five to six thousand people yeah. a there's week there's got to be investors <laughs> there's, there's, there's old timers with tons of money who would be invested in dude we need live live track 
I, I, yeah, <laughs> yes. Live track is the that's the solution. Uh, I, that I, is I, the solution. Worldwide league that everyone has we to should, go we to. We should every say our DMs league. are open to any investors uh, <laughs> that are interested in investing this idea because it could be extremely profitable. I wonder who the richest person is that listens to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Give us ten percent of your wealth. I, I know who it is. It's Tom Wang. <laughs> <laughs> but we need that guy who did Kipchoge's. <laughs> Enios thing like the head yeah. of Enios he loves freaking yeah. sport and he's like a billionaire yeah Larry, oh, is that Larry Ellison no he's Oracle they have heaps of money too they sponsor Red Bull we'll take Let's we'll take Larry too we'll yeah we'll take Larry we'll take anyone to be honest we'll take, we'll, take any mo- we'll take any money really we're just desperate at this point but no wow. like I really the thing is I'm not just saying because I'm biased I really believe that if you did it right it would be you could make it one of the biggest sports in the world because like no one gives a fuck about F one. Like no one gives no, a no, no way. One cares I don't care about, about it at all. I don't even watch F one, but I'm <laughs> but I'm invested in it. Exactly. Like there's no there's no actual reason why we should care about it so much apart from the fact that it's a great system and they've done a great yeah. job. Prime example, no one cares about NASCAR. I mean like NASCAR has fans, but I'm saying like this global support yeah. F one has, you don't have that in NASCAR. Yeah. We have the product, the system is just fine. And I actually think that inherently people do care about running compared to other stuff because it's so pure and so mm-hmm. it's so simple to, to follow. It, it so should be simple. It, sh- it, should, it should, should be simple. Be. Yes. So if you did it right, I think it could be, like it's so basic. So I think, and so many people do it as well. Like mm-hmm. it does have so much stuff going for it, but it's just not capitalized. Well, that's why I've, uh, I have a really good friend, Adam Peterman, who's a big trail runner. And he said like, he's seen the trail scene growing so much because they're creating just these stories around the athletes and they're so relatable. And that's that's translating into sponsorship dollars. He's saying that he's seeing more and more athletes on the trail who are getting uh, sponsorships with enough money that they don't have to work yeah. on the trail scene. And the trail was never there's never money on the trails, but mm. the the brands are able to tell these great stories that relate to uh, just the general runner or the general fan, and that's that what, indirectly will or directly will translate to money into the sport eventually and they're not because they're not stuck these races and this trail running system is so new like all of these races are very new they're not mm-hmm. stuck into some old thing that they have to you know all these systems and rules they have to abide by they can do literally whatever they want to make it as exciting and cool as possible whereas yeah track has just that's why we, we struggle in track to it's so hard to tell a story when when you don't know whether an athlete is what country an athlete is competing in until the day before the race like how are you supposed to create a product for that when there's not a product when they don't even know what's happening like the athlete doesn't even know where they're racing let alone the fans that they're trying to engage in the sport I mean, imagine the Oslo Diamond League if you didn't know Jakob was competing until the night before there's no way they're selling that stadium like they did no No. so yeah. They should start now, like months out, mm-hmm. line up some fields. But that's what they do with, uh, I hate bringing it back to F1, but F1, you know, like when the dates are, you know, the, obviously, you know, the drivers in the circuit, but like, like there's tickets for months ahead already sold out. Yeah, like USATF is hyping this LA Grand Prix. That's great. What athletes are competing? Yeah. Like, why, is, why do I know a single ticket? person competing in the meet? Mm-hmm. Do I know what events are even at the meet? Why would you buy a ticket? Like, yeah, last I mean, year? I heard there's going to be like a musical influencer there. Like, <laughs> is that, that's I, not enough to get I'm me to buy a ticket. I'm, yeah, <laughs> that's done it. But yeah, I think yeah, we've had this discussion a couple times, but it never gets old. I enjoy yeah. it every time. I enjoy it every time <laughs> as well. I, I it gets me going. Well, it gets my blood Hopefully, going. over time, you get more and more and more and more and more to what the root is. What, that's, what what you think the that's what we're working towards so George thank you very much for sparking that I don't know if you expected that to come from uh, no, that was kind of the plan <laughs> it went very well that was awesome and uh, we don't have a lot of time left but we were going to get into 
like kind of the rest of Joe's winter season, but we can kind of zoom through it. The yeah. other big one, well, all your races were big and amazing. But so you also ran twelve fifty four for the five k at BU, which is absolute bananas time. Is that third fastest American all time? Third fastest indoor, fourth? Fourth, fourth, fourth fastest like indoor and out. Yeah, yeah. that's behind Grant Woody. Grant Legat. Woody and Legat, yeah. Pretty it's crazy. Uh, what was harder, that race or the ten k? Yeah, I actually wanted to talk about this a little bit. I would say the five k, and I would mm-hmm. say. One reason I was a bit frustrated in the 10K was I was able to close in a 56, and that just let me know I didn't gauge my effort properly. Where at BU, when Woody went by me, I couldn't hardly finish the race, and that just, I finished, and I was like, I gave everything I had. And so that was definitely the hardest race, probably one of the I've ever run, and it was just because I gauged that effort. Like, I was on the verge of, you know, passing out or not finishing the whole way, mm-hmm. and you can't do that every time. It's hard to gauge that, and especially in a 10K, but... Um, yeah, definitely the 5k and that was a bit of my frustration after uh, the 10k was like, man, I closed in a 56 still and you know, I definitely could have, yeah, I definitely should have pushed a little harder earlier. I mean, obviously I'm trying, but like, yeah, that was, that was like a bit of frustration there. Yeah. So that was an amazing one. And then you raced at the Melrose 3k, which you said that was your most exciting or funnest yeah it was my most fun race and it was the one that actually going into indoors i didn't really want to do i told Nathan, i was like if i break 13 can i not do milrose because again the world athletics is set up for these standards i'm like hit my 5k standard hit my 10k standard and be ready to race outdoor i'm so happy i did milrose because it was by far my most fun race i mean to be able to race josh kerr olympic medalist it's like that was just a really good experience and you just work on your racing um and then you know luis and cooper and jordy and yonit like it was a very deep field so to do that was a really really good practice and then for anyone who hasn't been to Muro's games it's just like electric so yeah i'm happy that the Muro's 3k is a big race now because i think at one point it wasn't it was all about the mile but the 3k for distance runners is kind of the best thing indoors because it's the event which everyone can meet at mm-hmm. it doesn't like you can have the 1500 meter runners and then you can have the 10k runners and they can all show up to a 3k and make it exciting yes yeah. i mean mm-hmm. you have a half marathon or josh kerr fresh up his half marathon debut yeah. yeah no but i totally agree with that like if i was in the wanamaker mile i would just be trying to hang on the back but in a fifth in a 3k i think that yeah tank i mean connor mance ran it a year ago yeah and now he's running like 205 marathons or whatever yeah, yeah. so pretty crazy yeah so an amazing winter. Um, is there, I mean, I feel like we've covered so much in this show. I don't know if there's much else for the joke. We have a little preview of, of outdoors. Yeah, I would just say my takeaway from the indoor was that a year ago at this point, I was injured or just coming back from injury. And to be healthy and having set three PRs, I feel very good to where I'm going. I mean, I won the U.S. Outdoor Championship last year and got ninth at Worlds, and my whole goal is to repeat at US and do better than ninth at Worlds, and so I'm just happy that um, everything's looking like I'm in form to do that if I keep healthy and, you know, just stay on it. Can you confirm or deny if the plan is to go all in on the 10K, or what do you think about the 5K? No, I, I want a double. I want, double. I mean, the, the US champs, there's only a prelim for the 5K, there's no, or no, there's only a final, sorry, so it's just 10K, 5K. Um, I felt like in Eugene a year ago, after the 10K, my body felt in a really good place, maybe in part to super spikes or whatever, but I was like kind of bummed I didn't go for it last year. And, you know, I'm 26 now, and I think that this is the time to go all in. And so I think that almost certainly I will go after both. Hell yeah. 
Well, I think that's a great note to end it on. Um, an amazing winter and so exciting leading into the outdoors. Joe, thank you very much for coming on the show once again. Yeah, appreciate it. Number three. Number, Number three, three, baby. Let's go. Let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling. Um, that's episode 76, everyone. Thank you very much for watching. We'll see you all next week.